0: NASCAR Race Review of uh, Atlanta and a Martinsville NASCAR Race Preview. So it's going to be a, a, one of those double-header nights for us where we do both the review and the preview. We're going to start off with just a few updates from the Arkham Menard Series uh, before we get into the Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series uh, Review at Atlanta. Then we review The Xfinity Series at Atlanta Uh, Next we'll do the Cup Series review at Atlanta Followed up with our NASCAR Cup Series Martin Phil Speedway Preview After that we start our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off With a Fan for Racing Crew And that starts at 10 p.m. Eastern Time So uh, we do have our chat room open So if anybody would like to uh, comment in the chat room throughout our show this evening, that would be great. Uh, and if you have any hot topics that you want us to discuss, make sure you mention those as well. Now, joining me now is our co-host for tonight, Sal Sagala. Welcome back to the show, Sal.
1: Oh,
2: thank you, Sharon.
0: Okay. Uh, and uh, I've gone through the outline for tonight, Uh, So I want to get right into it Because as you know We have a limited amount of time And a lot to cover here tonight We're going to start With the Arkham Menard series Uh, They are going to be back in action uh, This uh, week in fact And uh, definitely looking forward To seeing them back on the track Yeah, I was trying
3: to find I, I don't know. I when you when you send me Arca, I thought you were talking about Arca East and West so I I didn't get a chance to to get to the Well it's uh,
0: it's both of them. Um it's it's all of them actually. <laughs> uh we're looking forward to uh seeing the Arca Menard series back. Uh now there's gonna be a race uh for the Arca East. And we'll preview this race on Thursday night at the Arca East.
4: Yeah, because I was saying, racing yeah. racing
0: at Toledo at 6 p.m. Eastern time uh, this Saturday. So uh, we'll oh, is preview this that it this week already? Yep, it's this I week did, I already. Didn't...
3: Okay, because I was okay, – okay, I'm sorry. You know what? I got the east and the west mixed up because the west is – the west ain't until next month, till the end of the month
0: and next month. right? Another right. um, they'll be uh, racing at, another,
3: another three weeks. Right. An- another three uh, weeks away. Okay, yeah, okay.
0: They'll be racing at Utah and... Uh, I forget the... Uh, oh, Irwindale. In, uh, yeah, Irwindale.
3: And, in,
5: yeah,
0: on Yeah, on those races are, races are coming up. Right. We're not ready to uh, review or preview those yet. Yeah, okay. But just know That's that fine. we do have ARCA East and ARCA West back in track. Now, um... The Earth Potato Ships 200 is going to take place on Saturday, June the 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern. As I mentioned earlier, we are going to preview that on Thursday night, uh, but uh, it's really good to see the Arkham Art Series uh, back at racing uh, this uh, this coming weekend.
3: Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll be... Um... I'm sure all the fans are uh you know, excited for it. You know what? It's um you know, it's been a long time coming and you know what it, it's I mean it's 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 a tough deal right now when you think about it, you know. With everything that's been going on, you know you know what and, and and I mean and NASCAR's trying to catch up with their you know, with their three big series. I mean and, uh-huh. and where do you fit these races in? I mean it's it's a tough spot to try to fit these races in.
0: You know, and yep, just... but um, I have every confidence now that they're going to do everything they possibly can. It sounds like there's a radio uh, or television or something on in the background.
3: You know, what? I'm sorry, Sharon. I've I, I got neighbors that um that are deaf. Oh.
5: dear.
3: I mean, it 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 doesn't matter if, if if I sit in the back room, then I got dogs barking next door that I can't shut up. If I sit in the front room, I got a uh, uh, neighbor that has a motorcycle. And then if I sit it I mean it it's it, it's not like my like my old house, you know, before I got oh. married. Yeah, oh, so it's okay. just it, it's
0: <laughs> it,
3: it's a mess. I mean uh, I'm 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 still adapting, I don't like it. But what can I do? You know what? I'm I'm kind of a, what do you say uh it's just difficult. That's to just
0: stay. that's okay. my
3: it's Okay. It, that's let's, just my environment. Let's
0: go ahead and move on. But anyways, on, let, let,
3: let, let's okay. get back to it, okay.
0: Right, I know that the Arkham Menard Series is going to be back on the track June 20th uh, So that race is coming up as well The 20th was uh, The following Saturday and that's at Talladega Super Speedway A lot of racing going on there Over that weekend, so th- we have That race to look forward to as well, Sal
3: Yeah There's, there's, it's, it's You know, I am I Mean, as the show goes on, you know, we'll, we'll get Into it more, but um it's, man, it's just, I, I, I don't, it's a crazy schedule. It's hard to keep up.
0: Yep, it is. I'll tell you what, the one thing, cool thing that's happening in the ARCA West, though, is that the Utah Motorsports Campus is going to have a double header. I think that was already kind of scheduled for them uh, for that ARCA Art Series West. And that's taking place on June the 27th. Followed by June fourth, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, Irwindale Speedway is uh hosting this. Fourth 4th of, yeah, yeah, of July. Yeah, July fourth. Yeah, fourth of July. Daniels one twenty five presented by Napa Auto Parts. So uh it's really good to see these guys back in action and uh back at the track. It seems like it's been forever since we last seen some race.
3: Yeah, you know what? And it's funny because you, when we talk about it, it seems like it's a long time. You know, everybody's kind of, you know, like sitting back during this whole thing that was going on. You know, when's racing coming on? And then now we're just getting racing, just crammed down us, you know, every, you know, two, three times a week, four times a week. You know what? And, uh, I
0: know. It's hard to kind of it all together.
3: It is. And, and especially, you know, since like for me, I'm, I'm still working. You know, you
1: mm-hmm. know we're we're not
3: we're not one of the companies you know that was that was able to take you know the you know they were able to work from home or anything you know so I'm having to try to catch right. up and plus you know our our normal everyday lives but I mean I'm the race fans it seems like they're loving it I mean I mean social media looks like it's doing really good you know with the reaction you know that we're getting from it you know so that's exactly. always a good thing you know for NASCAR.
0: Well, and and our radio show is adapting as well because, for instance, tonight we're not only doing the review of what happened at Atlanta, but we've got a midweek race this week at Martinsville, so we're going to be doing the preview as well, where we normally just do one or the other uh, between Monday and Thursday night. Um, Let's go ahead and move on, Sal. I know we're a couple minutes ahead here, but uh, I want to go ahead and move on to... Uh, the review of the 12th annual Vet Ticks Camping World 200 that took place at uh, at uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway on Saturday. The race winner, of course, was Grant Infinger at the age of 35, driving the number 98 Farm Paint Ford uh, by owner Mike Kerb with crew chief Jeff Hensley. Now, Infinger won uh, his fourth victory, in 87 Gander Outdoor Truck Series races, it was his second victory and his second top 10 finish in 2020. He also won it to the Daytona season opener. So it's also his first victory and fifth top 10 finish in five races at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Now Austin Hill was second. He posted his second top 10 finish in five races at Atlanta Motor Speedway, and it's his fourth top 10 finish this year. Christian Eckes, in third, posted his first top ten finish in one race at Atlanta Motor Speedway. He was also the highest finishing rookie of the race. Austin Hill uh, is leading the point standings by 20 points over the rookie, Zane Smith. So, any thoughts there, Sal, in those top three finishers?
3: Yeah, you know, you kind of wanted to cry for Austin Hill when that last caution came out. Yeah. You know what? I I think he kind of knew he was he was done. You know. Well, um, he
0: wanted gosh, he really wanted that home track win.
3: Yeah, he was he was really. I mean, it was really a, a good race. You know what? But it was also good. You know, you talk about the top three. You know, to see um uh uh Christian Echies, you know, finishing third. You know, as a uh, you know as a top finishing rookie, it was kind of ironic that his that his team owner was racing. And, um, you know, he picked up those those two speeding penalties on that last pitch stop, you know, that, that sent him back. But, um, you know, I mean, Grant Infinger, you know what? He was, I mean, he, he, he seen that he had that opportunity, you know, and he pounced on it and, and took advantage of it, you know, and got that, you know, and got the win. Yeah, right. But, I mean, Austin Hill, you just really had to, you know, you had to almost shed a tear for him.
0: Yes, yes, I know what you're saying. Uh, he he made it clear he was looking to go there and get a hometown win. Um, he's from that Georgia, the state of Georgia, and uh, his family and friends, of course, were in attendance, and he was hoping to bring home a victory for them. So it was a heartbreak. Uh, but, yeah, great finish for Christian Eckes. I think that's his best finish this season as a rookie. Uh, number fourth was Todd Gilliland in the number 38 truck. And then Zane Smith, another great finish for Zane Smith uh, in the number 21 truck. Uh, again, he's a rookie rounding out that top five. The next five drivers are Ross Chastain, Derek Kraus with the Bill McAnally-Hilgeman uh, Racing Group, uh, another rookie in the top ten here. Brett Moffitt finishing eighth and Ben Rhodes in ninth with Stuart Friesen rounding out the top ten in that group. So any additional thoughts on those finishers, Sal?
3: You know, it, it was good to see Todd Gillum, you know, get that fourth place finish, but you don't like to see Zane Smith. I mean, Zane Smith is having a phenomenal year for being a rookie <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: and, you know, not really, not really, you know, that much um, experience, you know, in the trucks, you know, he did run a few races last year, but, um, you know, you know, this year, you know, he's getting, you know, he's got the, you know, the, the, the full-time ride. And it's you know it's it's neat you know to see him you know taking full advantage of. But I mean to see Todd Todd Gilliland get that fourth place finished that was that was huge for Todd. He really needed you know a good uh, you know confidence booster.
0: Yes, indeed. Now I will say Kyle Busch was in this race uh, as from the Cup Series, as was uh, Chase Elliott, but and he won the first two stages of the race. It looked like he was on his way to another victory, but like you said, uh, he he got into uh, an issue there and ended up uh, having to race from the back to the front. So uh, I will say there were uh, six caution flags for a total of 28 laps, uh, and there were also 14 lead changes among just seven drivers, Sal. So, uh, a pretty big night. Uh, do you want to go over the uh, series point standings?
3: Yeah, the series point standings, uh, let me see. I I just had it up here. Oh, here it is, right here. If I scrolled down on it. Um, Austin Hill is leading is, is the points. He's in the first spot. Zane Smith second, Grant, Grant Infinger third, Brett Moffitt fourth, and Ben Rhodes uh, round off the, the top five. St. Smith, like we were talking earlier, was having a phenomenal season, uh, you know, sitting second in points, and, uh, you know, so far, you know, he's leading the rookie of the year, you know, running, and looks like he's going to uh-huh. have a pretty good year this year, you know, so that's needed then. um, and then And then we, we go down to sixth place, which is Christian Ecke, Sheldon Creed seventh, Johnny Sauter eighth, Derek Krauss ninth and Todd Gilliland tenth. That finish by Derek yeah. I think is, is what really pushed him up and, into the ninth spot because I don't think Derek. I'm not sure where he was sitting last week, but I know he had to move up a few spots with that finish. Um, you All know, right. you, uh, yeah. you, you, the listeners, you also have to remember that Derek's running a. It's a one truck team. It's a brand new team. It's not a team, you know, that that ran they ran select races last year. And actually, Derek was mm-hmm. even supposed to run a full season, and then at the end of the season last year, the season was already over. As a matter of fact, when he picked up the initial sponsorship, you know, to you know, to run the the full season under the Bill McAnally um, racing uh, banners. So, uh, you know, to, to see him, you know, sitting up in that ninth spot, you know, is a, is a testament, you know, of the team and you know, and all the hard work that they're putting in.
0: Absolutely. I think it's fantastic to see three rookies in that top ten. And keep in mind, this year is when you have ten drivers that are going to be in the playoffs this year from the truck series. So those are the drivers that are inside uh, the playoff contention right now. One driver, Grant Enfinger, has two victories on the season. Everybody else is in on points. So uh, keep that in mind as well. Those drivers on the outside looking in are Matt Crafton, Tyler Ankrum, Stuart Friesen, and Tanner Gray, uh, another rookie. And just outside, just behind Tanner Gray is Rafael Lassard, another rookie. So I think there will be some jockeying for position as the season goes on. These guys are really just getting started having only four races in the book so far.
6: You
3: know what? When you go through some of those names, you know, I know to a lot of the to a lot of the listeners, you know, those names are familiar. You know, like um, when you talk about, you know, like, uh, um, uh, well, of course, Tyler Ector ran last 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 year, yeah. But when you talk about um, Raphael Lazard, you know, Ty Jasky, um, Corey Roper, um, Tanner Gray, who's you know, of course, you know, this is his first full season last year. He ran a season with uh. Canada East. but these guys all came from the Super Late Model Program, which is the same program that um, uh, Chase Elliott, um, Christian Eckes, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, Noel Gregson, you know, you talk about, you know, some of these, you know, these names, you know, Zane Smith, you know, that's where they cut their teeth, you know, was running races like the, you know, like the uh, Snowball Derby and, um, you
0: know,
3: the Arkham Menard and, you know, like the All-American 400 and stuff like that. So, I mean...
4: Mm-hmm. You know
3: their next step basically is the trucks, from there on up. But I mean, it, it's 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 some good racing. Uh, trucks always have some good racing, but I mean, it's neat to see all these young, you know, a lot of the young drivers. In there. Sheldon Creed who came from a from a, uh, from background of um, what do you call those trucks? Those trophy trucks, the, like with the Herps run, you know, where they, you know, uh, I don't know what it do you call them, like the. Yeah, there you go, the super trucks, you know, where they do jumps and all that. You know, that Sheldon Creed came mm-hmm. from that kind of background. And, you know,
0: Off-road, yeah. Veteran.
3: Yeah, off-road, there you go. you then you, know, you got the veteran Johnny Sauter in there, you know, who's still, you know, fighting away Matt Crafton and eleventh. It's a good yep. series.
0: Now, keep in mind, Sauter actually ran into some uh, situation this week. His number 13 truck was actually DQ'd after the um, – after the post-race inspection, so he moved from 17th place finish back to 40th, the last place, as a result of that DQ. So uh, it wasn't uh, – it was a fairly okay night for uh, Sauter, but the DQ pushed him back to a 40th place finish. Yeah,
3: exactly. You know, and then, you know, you I mean, you know, you look, you look at the – you know, at the full field we're having now, you know, last year, the year before, you know, we're, you know, 28, 30 trucks, 32 trucks. I mean, Mm -hmm. this past weekend we had a, you know, we had the full field of uh, 40 trucks. 40 trucks.
0: Yep. That was fantastic. Now, Sal, I do have some post-race audio here from Grant Tinfinger, the winning truck driver, Uh, or I can play Austin Hill, who came in second place, or Christian Eckes, who came in third and we also have Jeff Hensley. So, which, what's your preference here?
3: I don't know. You know, I think I like to hear what what Austin Hill has to say because, like you said, this is Grant F- Infinger's second win, and okay. um, you know we and you know and and we usually play the winners. Let's let, let's hear what Austin Hill has to say. You know after, what happened after because I know he's going to talk about after that um, after that last caution. Oh, okay. You know what 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 transpired.
0: Okay, so here we go. This is Austin Hill. Uh, with the number 16 for Hattori Racing Enterprises. Morning, Welcome to today's NASCAR Underwriters' Insurance Cup
5: Series post-race media availability. Um, to kick us off, we're joined by the Vet Six Camping World 200 at Atlanta Motor Speedway second-place finisher Austin Hill. Um, Austin, can you just walk us a little bit through those last few laps and um, the
4: decision to hit pit road? Uh, yeah, um, we figured everybody would pretty much pit there at the end. Um, you know, as many laps we had on the tires and as bad the fall off is, we, we knew we needed to, to change tires. So, um, you know, when we pitted, I was kind of back and forth on telling the guys to to maybe do something a little bit different, to have our uh, front end of our run a little bit better, It seemed like it took our truck five to eight laps to get going good. Um, but after that, we were, we were a really good truck. We felt like we were a dominant truck. We just needed that clean air. And I think it showed there, uh, during that long run, how good we were. But, uh, all in all, just that white flag lap coming, going into one besides the 98. Um, I got on the splitter a little bit going into one, uh, ultimately it just got me tight. And when it did, he was able to clear me, uh, off of two and it was kind of over from there. So, um, man, I, I wanted to win here so bad. This is my home, home t- track. I've ran a lot of races here in the Mandalera and Legend Car series and uh won a lot of races here doing that. So um to get a win here would have been really special but um I guess we gotta be the first losers this year. We'll try try again next year maybe.
0: Okay. So uh there you are Sal. Any any thoughts about his comments?
3: Yeah, you know I mean you know he was you know, that's one thing about you know truck drivers, you know, I mean they're all the drivers are honest, but you know what? He, um, he just realized, you know, it was, it was just a, you know, I mean, what more could he do? He did everything he could, you know, and, and, yeah, and, and, Atlanta, yeah. you know, and everybody talks about Atlanta, it's, Atlanta's not an easy truck, an easy truck Atlanta's not an easy race, you know, for the, you know, the drivers, you know, especially with the, with the tire wear that they have over there. So, I mean, you know, he said they came in, you know, he did what he could, you know, but he just couldn't hold off grand entry or, you know what, and, uh. You know, he took a second place You know, he's still leading the points And, you know, he's still looking good, you know, to make the, to, to make the chase At the end of the season
0: Yes, indeed We should mention uh, We mentioned that Kyle Busch was in the race He actually ended up uh, finishing 21st uh, I'm looking down the list here To see if I can see uh, Where Chase Elliott finished he I finished know Jeff Burton Right, was right in... on top of him. Right on top of him, you're right uh, in 20th yeah, place off with Chase Elliott, uh, Jeb Burton was also in this race. He finished in 16th place. Yeah. 16th place. So, um, uh, pretty cool to see, uh, some of the veterans in this race, but at the same time, it was pretty cool to see some of the regulars, uh, finish at the top of the list.
3: Oh yeah. I mean, it's always good. You know what, when, you know, you know, what? you know, uh, when well, you do get the winners. So, uh, mm-hmm. regulars, you know, up in the, you know, at, at least the top three spots.
0: Exactly. Exactly. All but, right. But you uh, know, real quick,
3: Sharon, real sure. quick, what I don't understand is that everybody complains about Kyle Busch running the truck series, but not one fan complains about Chase Elliott running in it. <laughs>
0: Well, Chase Elliott is you know, the most popular driver in the sports. So, uh, well, so is Kyle. That, I
3: mean, he's, he's the winningest driver, the most aggressive. And, I, mean, I most agree. Everything. But, I mean, it's funny that, you know what, whenever Kyle runs in the uh, truck series or Xfinity, man, the fans, they just they, they go ballistic on social media. And, and now that
0: mm-hmm. Chase
3: Elliott, I mean, you don't you don't see one – one wrong, bad thing said about it. You know, and I I, I think it's funny, but either way.
0: It is. And Kyle Busch is one of those polarizing kind of drivers where you either love him or hate him. But uh, Chase Elliott is the most popular driver, so nobody complains there. Uh, Here's the thing, though, and and Jay and I have talked about this quite a lot, and, and that's that a lot of these drivers learn from drivers like Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott when they're in those races. It helps them become better drivers. And um, they also bring more fans to the track Now, in this case, it's not that you don't see them at the track But more people are tuning in to see what Kyle Busch does Or what Jace Elliott does in those races So it's not necessarily always a bad thing But I know fans think that they're somehow taking something away From the other drivers when they come to the track And, And in actuality uh, they bring more than what they take away uh, when they race in those races. Now, what Kyle has decided to do is, since he's limited to just five races, he's decided he's going to race the first five races in the both the Truck Series as well as the Xfinity Series, and then he's done for the rest of the year. So I think we can give him that. And, and you know, <laughs> not really complain that loudly about it because uh, – he does bring a lot of ice to the sport and to the series.
3: Exactly. You know what, Sheridan, real quick, what, what's your thought so far on, because I know we have really had a chance to talk, but, but what's your thought about them racing without the fans and, and have, and have you noticed any, anything different or is it, or is it, is it like the same? I mean, the race is always going to be the same. I mean, but do you really notice as you're watching the race, you know, that the fans aren't there, Minus, of course, the big celebration, you know, for the,
0: you know, for the right. race winner,
3: you know. But other than that, I mean, what's your thought on that, real quick?
0: You know, right away, the very first race back, Sal, when there were no fans in the stands, it was a kind of a revelation for me that it didn't really change my viewing experience, uh, and I don't think it changed the way that the drivers race on the track either. I I I love having the fans at the stands. I know what it means to have fans in the stands, and we want to see fans in the stands. But from a race viewing experience from home, it doesn't really change anything for me. What are your thoughts? So,
3: you know what I I have, I have to agree with you. You know what it hasn't changed my view on on you know how I watch the race because I you know what I mean I, I watch the race for the race and not for the fans, you know but. I mean the I, I feel bad for the drivers when when they win because it's a big thing to win in in any series. You don't want to not have any fans there, you know, to cheer you right. on, you know. And, and, you know, like right. the, the you know you know, especially when they do their burnouts and all that. As far as what goes on a victory lane, you know, that's you know I know a lot of the tracks are making it more accessible for the fans to be there. But I, I I think the drivers look more forward to when they get out of the car, you know, and they pump their fists, you know, the fans are screaming and yelling after a win. Mm-hmm. You know, they get the flag, you know, bush does his bow and you know, and you know, just whatever the drivers may do, you know what, and, and, and to get out of the car and not hear nothing but just yeah. get silent. I mean I mean it's I I, I, really I think that's strange. the only thing. Exactly. Yeah, I think I that's would agree. Looking strange. But but other than yeah. that, you know what, I mean you know, you hear people, you know, they're going to race without fans. Well, you know what, do you, how much do they show the fans? And do you really watch the race for the fans? I mean, you, you have to no. ask yourself that question.
0: I When I tune in on television, I'm tuning in to see the race. I'm not tuning in to see how many fans are sitting in the stands. So to me, that's kind of a mute point when people bring that up. Um and to me, it doesn't really reflect uh, the health of the sport either, dep- depending on how many people are in the stands. There's a multitude of reasons why there may be a lot or not so many fans in the stands, but uh, and and that's a whole different debate. But to me, it, from a viewing experience on television, uh, I'm I, I tune in to see what's happening on the racetrack, not what's happening off the racetrack.
3: You know, and, and real quick, Sharon, to actually yeah. be there, it is strange. Now I could talk about what happened. We, we had a race at Kern three weeks ago. We weren't allowed to post on social media. I had to wait a week after to post anything. Of course, the week that I post is Memorial Day weekend, so we don't have a show that day. But um, Derek Thorne ended up winning the race. We we had the full COVID-19 protocol, social distancing, masks, the whole the whole thing. But we were told we couldn't post nothing on social media, so I was on lockdown for a week. But it's strange to be at a track, not have driver intro, not, not have autograph session, not have a national anthem, not have an invocation, to have the driver just get out of the car like normal and like he's getting out and getting ready to go to his trailer because there's no fans to jump and yell for. Quick trophy presentation, and that's it. Not, they, don't, I mean, they interview the driver only because the, uh, you know, for, for the website.
0: Oh, okay. But I'll tell you
3: it was it was strange it was it was strange,
0: yeah, I know what you mean, okay, so uh, it's time now, Sal, for us to move on to the Xfinity series., uh, they had a race at Atlanta this weekend as well. So I want to make sure that we get to that race as well. Um, This was the 29th Annual Echo Park 250 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. The race winner, his first race on an oval, A.J. Allmendinger at the age of 38 in the number 16 C2 Freight Resources Chevrolet for owner Matt Collig and crew chief Justin Cox. Now, it was his fourth victory in 18 Xfinity Series races, his first victory and second top 10 finish this year, and first victory and first top 10 finish in just one race at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Noah Gregson finished second, posting his second top 10 finish in two races at Atlanta, and it is his sixth top 10 finish this year. Justin Haley finished in third. Uh, he's a teammate to A.J. Amendinger from Colleague Racing. He posted his second top 10 finish in two races at Atlanta. Harrison Burton was the highest finishing rookie. He finished in fifth place. Uh, and Chase Briscoe now leads the point standings by just four points over Noah Gregson. So, any thoughts there with the people we mentioned?
3: Yeah. how about AJ's uh when he got out of the car he didn't even know what to say. He was just he was lost. He was at a loss for words. I mean
0: <laughs> like you said, yeah. You
3: know, his first ever Oval win. You know, he's he's won on I think they said he's won twice before in the series and those were both road course wins. You know, Correct. but to finally get the Oval win, you know, and um and then you know the, it was it was a dominating it was a dominating win. I mean it he got out in front, and that was it. Now, Noah Noah challenged him a couple times, but not really. Got I think he got within a half a second of him. But other than that, um, you know, AJ just you know you know he it was uh
0: he dominated.
3: Dominated, and you think about everything that he went through. You know, what four or five years ago, you know, when he had to go through the through the rehab right. program. You know, you know when, right. when he lost his bra when he lost his ride with Penske when he was driving in the cup series and he lost his ride, you know, because of the, you know, the dirty test and, you know, then the bounce back and come back and win twice and then come back and now finally get his over win, And like you said, he's not even driving full-time for college racing, you know, but yep. to get that win yep. for that small team was just, gosh, it was, sunny I mean, to it was amazing.
0: It was pretty exciting. It was exciting. Now Noah Gregson also keep in mind this was a dash for cash race. So he won the hundred thousand dollar bonus for the highest finishing of the four drivers that qualified for that dash for cash bonus. So that was a big deal for Noah.
3: Yeah, it wasn't they were talking about what's gonna happen next race because now AJ's AJ is uh, he qualifies he qualifies for the Dash for Cash but he's he's not in the car that week. Next, next race
0: uh-huh. so The next Dash for Cash Sponsorship,
3: huh? Yeah, we are talk about it A little bit about it but um,
0: Now we should also mention That Daniel Hemrick finished in Fourth place, he was one of the Dash for Cash Drivers, Harrison Burton In fifth, we mentioned earlier, highest finishing Rookie, he also was going after The Dash for Cash, and Justin Augauer finishing in sixth place Followed by Ross Chastain Brandon Jones in eighth, Chase Briscoe ninth, and Anthony Al- Anthony Alfredo, rounding out the top ten.
3: Yeah, you know, did did, did you notice like the last, you know, like as AJ Allmendinger was leading the pack, but you notice how often they they the TV stayed focused on Anthony Alfredo and Chase Briscoe, the battle were, the battle they were having towards the end, <laughs> back and forth, back and forth, and it was amazing yeah. because there was there was good racing all the way around the track. But but they focused on that on that Anthony Alfredo and Chase Briscoe you know they're, they were having one, they're having themselves one heck of a battle and even at, at one time Anthony Alfredo had even went past Ross Chastain you know and then mm-hmm. you know of course you know then you know they but um, it was it was a good battle between Briscoe and uh, and Anthony Alfredo
0: yes it was and I was glad to see that they did focus on that. got a tickle in my throat. <coughs> Excuse me. I lost my voice there for a second. <coughs> I'm going to clear my throat, so. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, and, let's go ahead and do and, the and points.
3: Even, okay. Let me see. Let's go down to the points. <coughs> so, so after, after Atlanta, now we're, um, let me see, here we are at the points. Okay. Uh, after, after after eight starts, we're looking at um, Chase mm-hmm. Briscoe leading the points, uh, Noah Braxton in second, Harrison Burton, but, uh, who's a rookie this year and uh, leading the Rookie rookie of the Year standing in the third, Justin Algar fourth, then Ross Chastain. Justin Algar had his – boy, he had his moments. He just did have a, a good handling card uh, over the weekend, and he talked about it, you know, and then to get the finish he did, you know, to still, you know, hold on to that fourth spot. But Chase Briscoe, who uh, actually last year, he didn't have a ride. At the, at the, I think it was the last race of the season, or the season was over, and that's when Stuart Haas Racing decided to go ahead and, and run the um, Xfinity car with Chase Briscoe again. But I remember at the end of the season, he was uh, he was completely out of a ride. And now here he is leading the points, you know, for Noah Gregson mm, and mm-hmm. Harrison Burton, and Justin Allgaier. And then the yeah, next yeah. – uh, and then the next five down is uh, Austin Cedric, Justin Hady seventh, Brandon Jones eighth, Daniel Hamrick ninth, and Ryan Sieg, who had a horrible day, uh, is just tenth in the points. And he he was Ryan Sieg was looking pretty good for a while there. Mhm.
0: Um, yeah, he was. You know what? Now Riley one of these days we got to get and, him on the show. Yeah, I know. I keep trying. Uh, Riley Erbs and Brandon Brown are inside the cutoff line for the Xfinity Series as well. But, uh Riley is another rookie uh, in that uh, group for this year.
3: And and you know they talked a lot about Brandon Brandon Brown too because he was running in the top ten for a while, you know during uh-huh. the race. And they're saying you know for a small team you know what you know to see him you know running the top ten. You know, was really uh, you know testament of that team and and Riley, it's it's hard to believe he's a rookie because we we've, we've seen him run trucks, we've seen him run you know a couple seasons with the ARCA series, you know, and we've seen him run a couple Xfinity races. But to think, you know, actually this is, you know, his rookie season with uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, you know, racing under the uh, Monster Monster Energy uh, sponsorship.
0: Well, I have a lot of confidence in Riley. I've actually picked him a uh, time or two uh, in our fantasy group for Fan for Racing. And uh, I do think that as this season goes on, we're going to see some great things from Riley Erps. I just think he's a very talented guy. Now, I should mention, too, that the first two stages uh, were led by Austin Sindrick. Uh, so he won both of those stages. Uh, Then we had six Clash and Flags for 28 laps, 10 lead changes among just seven drivers, and uh, uh, this was a pretty exciting race to watch for a lot of different reasons. As you said, there was so much racing going on throughout the field, so it made it a fun race to watch. And I I really loved the Xfinity Series these last couple of years. Uh, They have really put on a good show.
3: You know what, and, and 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 I think a reason that we're seeing a lot of good racing now too is the fact that they don't have no practice and no qualifying. They're just getting in the car. That's and, okay. You know what, and, and that's it. You know, they get in the car and they're, um, you know, they're, you know, they. It's like they said on the competition caution. You know, it's when they're really making their first, you know, adjustment of the of the whole weekend. You know, mm. try to get some kind of adjustment on the card. You know, and then you know, of course, you know, as the as the race goes on. But um, it's it's a testament, you know, and the talent you know these drivers have, you know, that they can get on a track like that, especially a track like Atlanta, that you know that, that tire wear is, is huge, you know, and um, you know, keep the car under them, you know, without turning up a lot of, you know, without turning up a lot of uh, race cars.
0: Mhm. Okay, now, we do have choices in the Xfinity Series here, too. We have the race winner, A.J. Allmendinger, audio. We also have audio from Noah Gregson, second place, Justin Haley in third place, uh, Chris Rice, the general manager of Colic Racing, and uh, Anthony Alfredo from the number 21 at Richard Childress Racing. Uh, you have a preference here, Sal, of who you'd like to hear from?
3: Yeah, I think I think you first-time winner, First time on the Oval, you have to you have to listen to what A.J. Allmendinger has to say. He's just really, really excited and, uh, you know, really fl- uh, flamboyant driver.
0: Okay, so let's hear what A.J. Allmendinger had to say after driving to number 16. All right,
5: and we are now joined by the race winner, A.J. Allmendinger, uh, driver of the C2 Freight Resources Chevrolet for Colic Racing. Um, A.J., can you just walk us through your run today and uh, help you to get that victory?
2: yeah college racing gave me a, a fantastic race car um you know what matt collig does for, for myself and my family giving me these opportunities chris rice going out there and working hard on the sponsorship and all the men and women at college racing for building these great cars so uh yeah i mean the great horsepower from ecr and and the Collar racing chevy was was hooked up i just Never driven this place in the Xfinity car, but I know how this place races. And and early on, just trying to learn how much tire I needed to save, how much I could give up on the restart. And um, I just felt like we needed track position the whole time. So once I got that lead, it was about trying to get a good restart and then pace myself from there. And uh, I just kept asking for the gap to Noah so I could kind of just two things, really base it off of him of how hard I wanted to run and then save some tire if – if we had a restart because I don't think anybody had tires except maybe the, uh, the one car. So, uh, yeah, I just try to pace myself. And then, you know, the last 15 laps just beg for no yellow. All right. Well, we are now going to take
0: questions. Okay. Any thoughts there, Sal?
3: Yeah. You know, it just, you know, he's just excited, you know, about, you know, just the opportunity, you know, to, you know, to just race, you know, and I remember, even after the race, you know, when they're talking to you know, he kept saying, I love you, Matt. I love you, Matt Collard. I love you, Matt Collard." you know, and, you know, and, you know, and it was, it was neat, you know, to see that, you know, the excitement from him, you know, you know, driving on that I mean, I mean, when, when, when you look at the age group, you know, that's racing Xfinity, you know, they're all young and, you know, here you got a driver that's almost four years old, you know, that kind of technically, you know, is, you know,
0: well, Keep in mind, too, he hasn't had that many Xfinity Series races, so uh, for the number of races that he's had, it was only his 18th Xfinity Series race. Uh, so, and at Atlanta, he's only raced once at Atlanta in the Xfinity Series, so pretty good deal for being the first time at the track to race there in, the, in that series.
3: Yeah, and then especially the track, too, you know, like you mentioned, you know, Atlanta, I mean, all the drivers, even the cup drivers, you know, talked about, you know, how tough Atlanta is, you know, and you know, and, and then, you know, going on there and racing without any practice, you know, was, you know, especially if you've never been there before, it makes it that much more harder.
0: hmm Exactly. So um, that, that was pretty cool to see. And uh, as I go down the list here, uh, of the finishers or were there any surprises for you as far as the finishers
3: You know Sharon, not not really much as far as um you know as far as who you know for each uh race driver finished you know um uh you know I Well mean, you
0: mentioned Ryan Sieg he had an engine issue yeah, and that caused yeah, him to finish yeah. 35th which dropped him on the That was a, a was it? Yeah, he had an engine issue. Chad Fincham had uh, suspension issues. Timmy Hill had problems with his alternator. Another suspension issue for uh, Joe Nemechek. So uh, Stephen Like had clutch issues, and Cody Vanderwall had in- engine issues. So a few yeah. drivers having some mechanical issues there.
3: Yeah, and it, it's a tough track. I mean, the, the Cody Vanderwall thing—you know—they're a very, very small team, and. You know, and, uh, you know, Cody, you know, ran a, uh, two seasons with the K N N East, uh K&N West series, I mean. He's from out from, from the Tucson area and picked up this ride, you know, and they're just – that team is just struggling like crazy. But, you know, to see Daniel what Hamrick, you know, now? back up. Uh, uh, Cody Vanderwaal. Oh, yeah, Cody. I remember oh, Cody yeah.
0: from the k n series.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we had him on the show—not last year, but this season before. That's when he won the back-to-back races at Tucson, the two Canon
0: West races.
3: And we had him on the show. But I mean, you know, to see you know Daniel Hamrick doing good, you know, up there in um, you know, in a uh, uh, force, you know, the fourth spot. That was you know, you know, was really good for you know for a good finish for Daniel. You know, especially after you know, you know, going—it's got to be hard to go from the Cup Series, you know, then have to drop back down to the series, you know, in order to keep racing, you know, then, you know, you know, you've seen all these other young drivers, you know, that are gaining their chances. But, you know, Daniel makes the most of it. You know, he's a really good, really good guy, you know, and, you know, he's just happy. He's just happy, you know, to have a ride, you know, and, you know, be able to continue racing.
0: I can't wait for him to get his first victory. I think he's going to make that happen this year in the Xfinity Series, uh, and I, ca- I can't wait for that to happen. I think I, I agree with you. I think Daniel's a good driver. He's always up there contending. Uh, it's amazing when you stop to realize that he's never won a race in any series that he's driven in, Sal. So. Uh, but I think he's going to make that make that happen. That's why that first victory for him is going to be a really, really big deal.
3: Yeah, he's, you know, he's kind of, kind of like the Mark Martin, except Mark Martin won a lot of Xfinity races, you know, but he's kind of like the Mark Martin of, you know, of his era because Daniel's another one, you know, that came from the super late models, you know, back East, you know, Mm -hmm. running a lot of races back East. And this was before him and Kenzie even got married. I remember they were dating and I got Mm -hmm. pictures of them at the snowball derby together, you know, they were just boyfriend and girlfriend back then, you know, they just barely started dating, you know, and, uh. You know, and then, you know he raced at the Winter Showdown over here. Occurred two years ago. and finished mm-hmm. third over here at the Winter Showdown. But he's a really good guy, and I think, like you said, I agree with you. You know, he's going to get his win
0: this year. Yeah, I, I just see him knocking on the door, and it's it's going to happen. It's going to happen this year for sure. And uh, I can't wait for it because I think it's going to be a huge, huge win. And he's so cool, calm, and collected sometimes. I'm anxious to see if he kind of loses it in victory lane and gets all wild and crazy and happy about it or if he's going to keep his calm, cool demeanor uh, in the celebration. I I hope he gets a little wild and crazy.
3: (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm sure. he. I mean, once again, with the pandemic going on, it depends if there's – I guess it's not
0: really
3: going to matter. Yeah, you know, if there's fans in the stands or not, you know, I think he's still going to do his thing. You know, the same way, you know that, you know, Kevin Harvick did his thing. You know, when he won his, you know, he won the Cup race yesterday. You know, and and you know, AJ Allmendinger, you know what, and Grant Infinger, you know, I think they still do their own little, their own little celebrations. So yeah, I I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be game on when he does when he does finally win his first Xfinity race.
0: Yeah, I think so too. So I would say fans, uh, make sure you tune in to find out when Hemrick gets that first victory because it's going to be very, very exciting to watch and uh, uh, I think a really big deal for him and his uh, team. So uh, I, I thought Anthony Alfredo's run was a really good run. Uh, when you think about he's run a little bit of the Truck Series. He's won a little bit of the Xfinity Series. He hasn't run full-time in either one of those series. Uh, but it seems to me that he seems to be pretty well suited to this Xfinity Series. Uh, and, and I look for him to have more runs, too, especially as the season goes on. I guess the big surprise, too, was Austin Sindrick. Um uh he won those first two straight stages so it's kinda of surprising to see him end up uh, finishing sixteenth after winning the first two stages of the race. It just wasn't his day.
3: Yeah, you know what, that's true, you know, and even, even Almendinger made a comment about that, you know, he said the same thing, it was Manny, the way Cedric was running, you know, he you know, he said, you know, he just he was a he she was you know, he was a class of the field, you know, and then to you know, finish um, You know to finish, uh, you know, 16th that far down. You know, it's just. I mean, it's you know, it's got to be gut wrenching, you know, to have a. Yeah, he got that penalty.
0: It was a penalty that kind of did it in because on lap 129 he had to start at the tail end uh, for speeding on pit road, so there were several. Of those, there was pitting before the pit road was open for the number 78, and then the number 98, Chase Briscoe, that's what happened to him as well. He was speeding on pit road along with Cindric and the number seven of Justin Augower. So those guys had to go from the back of the field and drive their way back up to get the finishes that they ended up with.
3: Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's, I mean, that's that's just the way racing is. I mean, you know, you never know. Mm-hmm. You know, you just never know. I mean, you know what what uh, what what cards are going to be dealt? You know, as the as race goes on. You know, especially you know, like a, you know, like I said, you know, a race like a, a track like Atlanta. You know, where a tire fall off is so big.
0: Mhm, that's true. Okay, we're going to go ahead now, and and, uh, I know we're just a minute or so or less than a minute ahead, but we're going to go ahead and move on to the Cup Series at Atlanta uh, and the 61st Annual Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500. Uh, The race winner, of course, was Kevin Harvick at the age of 44, driving the number four, Bush Light, for the Farmers' Ford. Uh, team owner is Tony Stewart, his crew chief, Rodney Childers. Uh, it was his 51st victory in 692 Cup Series races, his 6th victory and ninth top 10 finish this season, his 3rd victory and 15th top 10 finish in 30 races at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Kyle Busch finished 2nd posting his ninth top 10 finish in 22 races at Atlanta, and it's also his 6th top 10 finish this year. Martin Truex, Jr., finally a good finish for him, finishing 3rd, his 10th top 10 finish in 22 races at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Tyler Ruddick uh, was the highest finishing rookie. He finished 16th. Kevin Harvick continues to lead the series point standings by 48 points over Joey, Joey Logano. So, any thoughts about the drivers we mentioned there,
3: Sal? You know, um, Martin Truex. You know, finally getting you know his. Uh, you know, I I know he leads the series. You know, in chase wins. You know, but I mean, he finally got his first chase win of the season on Sunday. Chase? Actually, he got the first chase because he got the first. Yeah, this is his first chase win of the season. You know, they kind of thought was well, going on with Martin Truex because he was. Um, you know, the last couple of years, he was like the, he was like the chase points, you know, you know, guru,
0: oh, you know, and David, you mean playoff points,
3: playoff points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Playoff points. This is, this is the, the this is the first, this is the first uh, race that, he, that he's won the, that he's, that he's finished, that he's finished first and, and the, that he was a stage winner.
0: Stage wins. Yes. In the, Sta- stage, yeah, the, the stage wins. you Yes. Yes. These are his
3: first two stage wins of this season. But I think they, I forget how many they said he had, but he's, I mean, he's up there with the, I mean, he's a leader in stage wins.
0: He's Uh, always, you know, very,
3: very, very dominating performance, you know, and Kyle Busch came around him, you know, and Harvard came around him and that was it, you know, put him, but, you know, once again, you know, you you know, finishing third, you know, you thought he was going to, you know, you thought he was going to be the, you know, probably end up being the ultimate race winner.
0: Yeah, it's been an overall slow year for uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, but when you think about Kyle Busch in second, Martin Truex in third, Denny Hamlin fifth, uh, and who's the other guy at Joe Gibbs? Oh, Eric Jones. Uh, let me see where Eric Jones finished. Uh, I don't see Eric Jones at the top of the list here. No,
5: uh, I he finished like 28th. Yeah, Eric Jones
0: had a rough day. Yeah, he finished down in 28th place. But overall, Joe Gibbs Racing – uh, this was a good race for them uh, with all three of those guys up in that uh, top group. So the all three guys up in the top five for Joe Gibbs Racing, so that was a good deal. Uh, finishing fourth was Ryan Blaney. Uh, we mentioned Denny Hamlin in fifth. Kurt Busch finished sixth. Jimmy Johnson in seventh. Chase Elliott eighth. Brad Keselowski ninth. And Joey Logano rounds out the top ten here. So uh, there's no rookies in that group. As we mentioned earlier, Tyler Reddick was the top finishing rookie in 16th place. Uh, But uh, some showings there, uh, Jimmy Johnson having a good showing for Hendrick Motorsports along with uh, Chase Elliott and also um, uh, the two Team Penske guys finishing 9th and 10th with Ryan Blaney, another Penske guy in 4th.
3: Yeah, it was. Um, it it was. A, it was uh, once again, you know, it, you know, when they're showing racing, you know, throughout the track, there's there's a lot of good racing, you know, all, all the way around. Um, but uh, you know, Kurt Busch was up and down all, all all day long too. You know, he wasn't he wasn't always up in the top. You know, the top Kyle Busch too. He was way back. I think it after mm-hmm. one pit stop, Kyle moved up like like fourteen spots.
0: Mhm. Yeah, yeah I was, was some of was guys had those pit road penalties.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was good to see Ryan Blaney, you know, for, uh, have a good you know, finally have a good finish, you know, and finish in the top five and of course his, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, his,
0: uh, his uh, okay, two teammates,
3: now, you know, finishing ninth and tenth.
0: Mhm. Yeah, that was pretty cool. As you mentioned earlier, uh Martin Truex, Junior uh, won the first two stages. It looked like he might be on his way to a victory. Uh, there were five caution flags for 24 laps, 21 lead changes among just nine drivers. So uh, that was pretty interesting, too. Uh, let's go ahead and go over that points report, Val.
3: And then um, going over the points, uh, you're looking at Kevin Harvick leading the points, uh Joey Logano second, Chase Elliott third, Brad Keselowski fourth, and Mark Trucks rounding out the top the top five. Uh Kevin Harvick, you know of course, him and Joey Logano both have both have two wins on the season along with Brad Keslowski who has two wins on the season and Dan, and Danny Hamlin with both with uh two wins on the season. And uh and then from there, then we can go down to sixth place, which is Denny Hamlin. Seventh is Ryan Blaney. Eighth is Alex Bowman. Ninth is Kyle Busch, and tenth is Kurt Busch. It's kind of strange to see ten races in and not see Kyle Busch with the win yet. But yet, you know, Alex Bowman, you know, picked up that win at, at Auto Club Speedway. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's he's contending for a couple more wins. You know, now with the you know with the you know with the with the little short schedule that we're having here. Um well he's you know, starting to show that he, he is a contender after and especially after signing uh that one year extension a few races mm-hmm. back to come back to uh HMS next year. And then yeah, uh true. from there then we go to Eric Almorella eleventh, Clint Boyer twelfth, Jimmy Johnson thirteenth, Austin Dillon fourteenth, Matt D D, D- Benedetto fifteenth, and Eric Jones round out the top sixteen. Jimmy Johnson, man, he's <laughs> I think I think he's gonna win a race this year.
0: I agree. I think he's knocking on the door as well. There's uh actually four drive Sal in this Cup Series that have two victories already in the season. Uh, That includes uh, Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, and Denny Hamlin. The drivers with one victory include Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman, as you mentioned earlier, and a lot of other drivers kind of knocking on the door, Uh, and uh, there's uh, some, what... Two drivers with uh, 10 playoff points, that's Joy, I'm sorry, with 12 playoff points, that's Joy Logano and Brad Kaslowski. With 11 playoff points, you've got Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, and with 10 uh, playoff points is Chase Elliott. So there's a big battle going on for those playoff points as well. And uh, that's going to be interesting to watch as the season continues, too.
3: Yeah, it is. It, it, it is. It's. I mean, those playoff points. I mean, we've seen what they what they can do for you. Then do it when it comes chase time. You know, and you know how how big they are. And uh, you know, it's 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 going to be. Uh, you know, I mean, and I kind of think that that's what Alex Bowman is looking at too. You know, is trying to you know, he's trying to trying to collect as many as he can.
4: Mm-hmm. you know
3: so so yep. you know so when he gets in the chase cuz he's already got he's already got his uh he's already locked in you know to the first you know to the first round of the chase you know, with that one win that he that he has
0: that's true he he really is um so you know so how many wins did i say there there's uh well there were four two other drivers six drivers have already punched their ticket to the playoffs the rest of those drivers inside that top 16 Actually, A.J. Allmendinger has a race win too But I don't think he's racing a full-time schedule um, So yeah, it's it's interesting All the other drivers in that top 16 Are there based on points uh, But those four drivers with those two wins Automatically move to the top of the list When the playoffs begin Okay, now I do have some race audio here as well, Sal. We can listen to Kevin Harvick, uh, or Kyle Bush in second place or Martin Truex in third, or we can listen to Rodney Childers, the uh winning crew chief. Do you have a preference here? Sal, are you still there? Oh, okay. Uh, Sal's got something uh, kind of taken up his time here So I'm just going to pick somebody to listen to um, uh, We've listened to Kevin Harvick before Let's listen to his crew chief And what he has to say After winning in the number four Stuart Haas Racing Ford So Rodney Childers.
4: Right We've now been joined by our race
5: winning crew chief Rodney Childers. Rodney thanks for joining us
0: Yeah
7: thanks for having me
5: Congrats on the win. Just talk to us a little bit about um, kind of just the final uh, couple laps there, and, and obviously you guys had a dominating performance today, but um, just tell us a little bit about what, what went through your mind as the race progressed, and um, happy birthday
7: too. Yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate that. Uh, it's been a pretty incredible day for sure. Turned 44 with the four car and ended up in victory lane, so that's pretty neat. But um, I'm getting old too. That's not, that's not good. But um, overall, you know, we had a, a great car. Um, you know, at the beginning of the race, the, the car seemed really good, and we were able to get up through there, and and um, was was looking okay. And uh, the car was too tight, and the track was changing really, really fast. And um, you know, we we just made some bad adjustments, and couldn't keep up with the racetrack and finally had to kind of take our lumps and and do some bigger swings at things. And that's, that's really what happened last year. You know, you look back at the race last year, we had a, we had a great car then and, and we we just started getting behind every pit stop and, you know, we weren't making big enough adjustments and got way too tight toward the end of the race and, and wasn't able to capitalize. So, um, you know, this time we were bound to determine that 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 wasn't going to happen. And, we just tried to to work real hard and and make a little bigger swings than what we normally would and and just try to keep up with the racetrack.
0: Okay, so that was Rodney Childress, uh, the crew chief for Kevin Harvick, uh, making him the winning crew chief of the race. Any thoughts there, Sal, on what he had to say?
3: Yeah, sure. And I really didn't hear much.
0: Oh, I Had to go okay. take care of
3: uh, something real quick. That's
0: okay. Yeah, that's okay. I understand. Uh, yeah, he was just saying it was uh, the biggest thing was keeping up with the track uh, and the changing uh, things that were going on with the track throughout the race and and the feedback that he was getting from Kevin Harvick. Uh, but in the end, they were able to make the right adjustments, and of course, that always makes the difference uh, in order to to get keep Harvick up front. Harvick's had a pretty good year. I think he's the only driver who's had. Top ten finishes every race this season, so uh, that partnership with Rodney Childers has been a good partnership.
3: Yeah, it has. He's been, he's been, um, he's been on, they've been on top of their game, the both of them, and you know, doing the, uh, you know, making the right calls, you know, big calls, you know, and you know, uh, and it's funny, you don't really see the only, the only piss strategy you see with they're all doing it is, is you know, is splitting the stages in half now. You know, coming in, you know, you know, you know, halfway through a stage run, you know, to get tires and fuel. But um, you know, you know, you don't really see much as far as, you know, um, you know, you know, like a, message message Keselowski Brad's good known for that. Well, I don't know, not not so much without Paul Wolf because Paul Wolf was good at, you know, at you know, really changing up their 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 pit stops, but you really don't even see that much from Brad this year. But um, you know, it's uh, you know. Like I said, you know, it, the drivers talk about it, it falls back on no practice and no, no qualifying. You know, so you know they have to, you know, make the adjustments, you know, when they can, and and it's tough.
0: Okay, was there anybody else that you wanted to hear from, Sal, like Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, or Martin Truex Jr.?
3: Yeah, you know, it's probably Kyle Busch would be a good one to listen to.
0: Okay, let's hear what Kyle Busch had to say.
3: Yeah, he 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 doesn't give interviews that often anymore. He what? He don't give he don't give uh, interviews that often. Seems like anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this was in the post-race. Kyle Busch, of course, the driver of the number eighteen for Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota. We'll hear what he has to say. All right. We will take questions now for Kyle Busch. If
5: you have one. Um, once again, a friendly reminder, you may use the um, blue um, raised hand in Zoom, or you may use the chat session as well. We will take our first question from Jeff Gluck. Jeff,
0: go ahead.
4: That would seem like uh, improved performance from the Toyota on uh, intermediate track. Does that mean you guys are feeling better now about your program? Uh, no, I wouldn't say uh, entirely. Um, <laughs> Atlanta's kind of its own beast. Well, Atlanta and Homestead are, you know, pretty significant high downforce tracks. And, um, you know, we tend to run well here. Truex definitely tends to run well here. Um, He did last year. And I think Denny's won here a couple times. So it's a place that we should have good results at. And, um, you know, it's nice to come out of here with a good solid run, run up front all day long, and, um, you know, have a a good outing. So hopefully we can keep that momentum rolling.
0: Okay, so that kind of answers the question that, or the point that I brought up earlier. uh, Thinking that the Joe Gibbs Racing Group uh, was having a good day, but according to him, they they expected to have a good day. Uh, Not necessarily an indication of them moving in the right direction.
3: Yeah, it seemed like they've been struggling a little bit this year. You know, they haven't been really on their game. But then I don't know. You know, when you look at you know, well, I guess because Kyle hasn't been winning, you know, Denny has two wins. You know, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, and and it seems like Denny's always contending for a win. You know, Martin Truex, not so much as as, but you know, I don't know it seems like it, but it seems like Denny's just really the one that's been really, uh, you know, contending for a lot of wins. But um, in the point it doesn't it doesn't really reflect it because he's had a, he's had a, you know some bad finishes.
0: Yeah. Um, that's a good point It seems like it, it's a mixed bag over there Denny seems to be having a pretty decent year uh, And Kyle seems to be contending But Kyle's never happy unless he's winning uh, So it's hard to please Kyle Bush When it comes to, to that kind of thing I'm just looking here uh, If they had uh, an overwhelming number of penalties And I'm not really seeing that Uh, On the penalty list here So I don't think that was an issue For them Um, The number 20 Nope I don't see anything for the number 20 Here either So I'm not sure why uh, Eric Jones Struggled the way that he did in this particular Race did you happen to see anything Sal
3: No you know he was I I seen him up I seen him down up and down You know and and, uh, he just I don't know I I I I think it. Um,
0: oh, I'm looking at the wrong points report. I'm looking at the wrong report. Let me go back and look well, at the he, penalty.
3: Okay. Well, he 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 did get caught speeding on pit road.
0: Yes, he did.
3: Uh, um. Then our time he pitted before pit road was open, with that's when he had that when he had that flat tire right before the end of the mm-hmm. stage. When I I forget who he was racing with, and they they hit his right rear, and he, he ended up with the flat. So he he came down to pit road, you know, before the, before the, uh, right when the stage ended, you know, with a flat tire.
0: Right. And so he had to restart at the tail end. And then for speeding yeah. on pit road, they assessed a pass through penalty. That was on lap Which 280 like, right at the end of the race. Yeah. So that made it tough. Okay. So, And I'm looking to see if there are any other issues for the Joe Gibbs teams, and I don't really see anything there. So, um, uh, you know, I guess he's saying that uh, a lot of these drivers, uh, the three drivers that finished in the top five are all drivers who typically do well at at, uh, Atlanta. So we, we shouldn't take that as an indication of a turnaround for Joe Gibbs Racing.
3: You know, it's, it's, I mean, there's there's still a lot of racing ahead, you know, I mean, you know, even though we're, yep,
0: that's true. you
3: know, June already, you know, it feels like, you know, technically we'd have a lot of racing, but I mean, we're getting a lot of racing and now, you know, with the, you know, with them running, you know, two races a week, you know, as, as to our regular season, we'd barely be, shoot, we're not even at Sonoma yet until a couple more weeks. That's true. You know with, our, know, with our Sonoma, we could be coming up.
0: Yep, it's going to be interesting Um, But that pretty much Unless you've got something else We've got maybe a minute here left Unless you want to go ahead and move on To the uh, preview for the Martinsville race
3: Yeah, we can go ahead and get to the preview
0: Yeah uh, I'm not sure that we're going to Sonoma Because wasn't that race cancelled, Sal?
3: Yeah, oh yeah, it's cancelled Sonoma's cancelled everything because they they just sent out the press release. David canceled their um, their NHRA race that that was that was part of the okay. schedule. Even that got canceled. Yeah, yeah everything so, got canceled with uh, Sonoma.
0: Yeah, that's right. Okay, let's move on to our race preview. Uh, the Cup Series is right back on the road again because they're going to be racing at Martinsville Speedway uh, this week. Uh, it's a midweek race. At uh, the for the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500 this Wednesday, uh, which is just two days from now, June the 10th. They'll start the race at 6 p.m. Eastern, but Fox Sports 1 will carry the pre-race coverage starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. They'll have radio coverage on MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. They're racing a distance of 263 miles, a total of 500 laps, Stage 1 ends on lap 130, Stage 2 on lap 260, and the last stage of course ends on the last lap, lap uh 500. So last year's race winner was Brad Keselowski. So uh it's going to be interesting to see what happens this year for Brad Keselowski.
3: Yeah, he's been he's been having a, a uh you know, a pretty decent season. You know, so far, you know, um you know, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, you know, I mean, you know, he's got the two race wins already sitting fourth in points, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, when he gets back out of Martinsville, same thing with Danny Hamlin, you know, which is one of his, you know, one of his favorite tracks, you know, happens to be Martinsville too, you know, so, you know, both him and, and Brad going with two wins, you know, and, uh, you know, a uh, little bit of momentum, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out of there.
0: Yes indeed. Now Martinsville has always been a supersized profile, uh, even though it's the smallest track track on the uh schedule for the Cup Series guys. Uh it's only a half mile short track. But the last few races at uh Martinsville have been exercises in near perfection Sal. Uh Brad Keslowski The defending spring race winner there led 446 of the 500 laps last April uh, and uh, won the trophy by just uh, a half a second, 0.594 seconds, over Chase Elliott. Martin Truex, the defending 2019 playoff race winner, uh, he answered Keselowski's impressive effort by leading 464 laps of 500 and just edging out another Hendrick Motorsports young talent, William Byron, by just .373 seconds. So some pretty close finishes there. Uh but Brad Keselowski and Martin Truex are the most recent winners.
3: Yeah, it is. I mean it's uh it's gonna be, you know you know, a whole different a whole different scenario, you know, this time around. You know, with uh Oh it is you know with you know, without once again, with no practice and no qualifying. So, um, you know, race is going to be different. You know, they're going to be racing on a green racetrack. Mm-hmm.
0: You know,
3: which you know NASCAR, you know, has been giving them you know, the the competition yellow early enough.
0: Mm-hmm. um To check
3: the tires. So. Yeah, to check the tires and stuff. I'm just curious how the how race strategy is going to be now that we're getting to a, you know, you know, into a smaller track, other than a you know, than a mile and a half.
0: Okay, now there are 10 former Martinsville winners uh, in the field, and uh, we'll take a look at that, and then we'll look at the starting lineup for this race uh, because they did the random draw for the lineup on uh, Race Hub earlier tonight. Uh, Former winners include nine-time winner uh, Jimmy Johnson. Uh, One-race winners include Kevin Harvick, Ryan Newman, Joy Logano, Clint Boyer, and Martin Truex Jr., uh, and they are all competing this weekend. Uh, Ryan Blaney, I know, took the poll for the starting lineup uh, this week. Have you seen the starting lineup list, uh, Sal?
3: No, I haven't.
0: Okay, it's over at Jayskis skis uh, on that link that I provided for you. Uh, er- Ryan Blaney and Eric Almarola are going to be on the front row Uh, On the second row, you've got Joy Logano and Clint Boyer, followed by third row, Martin Truex Jr. and Brad Keselowski. Then you've got Kyle Busch and Alex Bowman on the fourth row. Uh, In the fifth row is Kurt Busch and Kevin Harvey. So those are your top ten starters for the Blue Emo Maximum Pain Relief 500.
3: Okay, here we go.
0: You want to take the next uh, 10 or the next group? The next five? Which
3: is okay. Before we ask Sharon?
0: Rows 6 through 10, huh? Okay. Um, do do rows 6 on, through
3: here. 10. Oh, are you talking about the entry list?
0: No, I'm talking about the starting lineup. Okay, I'll go okay, ahead and I do 6 through 10. Yeah, the starting I was lineup. Say, I don't,
3: I, Oh, here it is. It's okay. Here it is. It was on the. I didn't see it was hidden in the left side of, of about. To, okay, which which ones did you get through the first ten?
0: I did the first uh, five rows. So if you want to do row six okay. through ten.
3: Okay. Here we go. Okay, and then row six is going to um, start. Eleventh will be Chase Elliott, and starting next to Chase will be um, Denny Hamlin. Starting twelve. Uh, let me see here. Uh, row seven. Starting thirteenth will. Yeah, row seven will be Eric Jones and Tyler Reddick. Uh, row eight will be William Byron and Ryan Newman. And uh, row nine will be Ricky Stenhouse Jr., John Nemacek. And row 10 will be Matt D. Uh, Benedetto and Matt Kenseth. I think Jimmy Johnson missed out on the, didn't he miss out on the getting the, one of the first top 12 picks by a spot or two?
0: Yeah, yeah, because they base it on the finishing order of the previous race. Yeah. So and then they do it in groups. So uh, the thing that's cool here is you've got a couple of rookies uh, with Tyler Reddick starting in 14th place and John Hunter Nemechek in 18th place. Uh, now moving down the list, row 11th, uh, row 11 has uh, Jimmy Johnson and Austin Dillon. Row 12 is Bubba Wallace. And Chris Busher. <coughs> row 13, Corey LaJoy and JJ Yaley. Row 14, you've got another uh, rookie here with Cole Custer and Ryan Priest. And then in row 15, it's Michael McDowell and Ty Dillon. So uh, you want to take the next five?
3: Yeah, and actually, um, I guess a release went out today too that said that chances are that uh, uh, Austin Dillon won't be racing this weekend. 'cause he's his uh um, his wife's gonna be having the baby. So no, they've um, got AJ somebody Alvadeer.
0: on standby. Oh, okay. He's on yeah, standby, it's,
3: it's, yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh AJ Almondino, but they're 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 saying that it looks real good that AJ will probably end up in the seat.
0: Oh okay. For um
3: for Austin Dillon. I was reading that earlier on um so I think Toby Christie posted it.
0: Oh okay then, um, so it's official
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, as far as the driver, it's going to be A.J. Allmendinger, whether he gets in there or not. You know, that's going to be up to okay. if the baby comes or not. But, yeah, but the driver's going to be A.J. Allmendinger. Um, all right. Row 16. So then row 16, we got Brandon Poole and Christopher Bell. Row 17, David Starr, Quinn Hoff. Row 18, Garrett Smithley, uh, Joey Gase. Row 19th is Daniel Swartz and Timmy Hill. And the row 20, all by himself is Reed Sorensen. Gosh, I haven't heard that name in a long time.
0: <laughs>
3: Reed Sorensen.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, okay, I mean they so. might as well throw Sturdy Martin in there.
0: <laughs>
3: if you're going start throwing okay. old people there. So, so that's
0: our starting lineup for,
3: for Wednesday. For uh, uh,
0: the Martinsville race. Yeah. Okay, so uh, a couple of things here. Uh, the number 12 for Brian Blaney will start from the poll. We mentioned that already. Uh, the lineup was set by random draw on owner. Oh, actually, it was on owner points. I thought it was going to be uh, based on the previous race, so uh, that's a correction to what I had said earlier. Um, some of the drivers include, we've already mentioned them, Reed Sorensen in the number seven, J.J. Yaley in the twenty-seven. Joy Gason, the 51, Garrett Smithley is in the 52, the number 66 with Timmy Hill. The number 77, I know who that is, and it's not coming to me. It says CBA on here, uh, but the number 78 is B.J. McLeod. Okay, now um, I think we've got that. There is going to be a convoy of hope. Uh, for organizing relief effort at Martinsville Speedway, so you do want to watch for that uh and uh there'll be no practice or qualifying. Let me go back to that. There'll be no practice or qualifying uh, for upcoming races now I don't know I don't see any here thing here that says that that's gonna be different at Martinsville. Let me just no, quickly it, it, review it says,
3: this. Yeah, no, it 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 says access is restricted to essential personnel only.
0: Okay. So, yeah. uh again, look for a competition caution then uh for those guys to uh, uh make any adjustments uh as for a lack of uh the practice.
3: Yeah, and then they're going to have stage, okay. stages stages We'll add lap 130, lap 260, and then, of course, the final lap will be the, the third stage.
0: Okay, yes. It says here, with no practice or qualifying for this week's visit, uh, it's the rare midweek uh, race for these guys uh, this week. Now, Kyle Busch, a two-time Martinsville winner, and his Joe Gibbs racing teammate, Martin Truex, they're actually still looking for their first victory this season. So JGR last year actually set a modern record, modern-day record, for wins. They had 19 wins last season. Bush won his second uh, Cup Series championship last season. But so far this year, there's only two wins for JGR, and Denny Hamlin has both of those wins. Uh, And we're already a third of the way through the season. So Bush has six top-five finishes, including three runner-up showings this season. Uh, at California, Darlington, and Atlanta He's ranked ninth in the series driver standings Truex has five top ten finishes And his third place on Sunday was actually his season best finish He heads to Martinsville, ranked ninth in the series point standings uh, So uh, and some interesting stats there with regard to Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Who are perennial contenders
3: Yeah, see if, them, see if one of them is going to pick up their win this weekend.
0: Their first yeah, win of
3: it the I mean, yeah, because Kyle's already. I mean, he's he's also going to drop with the racing in the trucks. I mean, he won the. thinking he won the opening race, that's when they put the bounty out of them that he hasn't won since. Chase, Chase Elliott beat just him. Been, in a,
0: it's a rough start. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah, Chase the Haley cup
3: series. Yeah, then last week he had the. So I mean, he's not really winning the races that we're we're normally seeing him. Be, you you know we're you, you know we used to seeing him winning a lot of races by this time, you know throughout the oh, three okay. series, and he hasn't he hasn't won anything really. When you think about it, he only won one.
0: Right. Now, another point of note, though, is that Denny Hamlin, who does have the two wins at Daytona and the night race at Darlington, has also five Martinsville victories, including three in a row during the 2009 and 2010 seasons. So he could be a good pick for this weekend if you're oh, looking yeah. for a pick. Uh, yeah,
3: that's what I was saying earlier about, about Denny. I said, you know, that, you know he's, he's going to be a strong contender. This is one of his martinsville's one of his favorite tracks,
0: and uh
3: he does good here
0: absolutely now Johnson is another driver uh to keep your eye on eye on this weekend uh he has uh not only his seven championships but he's probably uh also among those drivers that are really anticipating uh the midweek race at martinsville on Wednesday. He has nine wins. Uh, They're not only tops among the active drivers, but he's earned them with championship flair. Three times he won back-to-back races, and he won three consecutively from 2006 to 2007. He won both the 2012 fall and the 2013 spring races from the pole position. And the last time a cup race at Martinsville was run from the pole, Jimmy Johnson was the guy to do it. Right now, Johnson's ranked 13th in the series driver standings after posting five top tens, including a third-place finish at the series other famous short track, which is Bristol Motor Speedway, just last week. That was his best showing of the year, so that does not bode well for the competition at Mart- Martinsville.
3: No, it shouldn't. I mean, when, when you think about you know what what Jimmy's done, you know, on these short tracks, you know, and. You know, the domination he had and you know, now it seems it seems like he's uh, not he's not back, you know, hundred percent. I mean he's hundred percent but you know he's he's due for a win and this week this Wednesday could be the uh this Wednesday could be when he finally gets breaks out long I don't know what his what his streak is without a win. Exactly. But, um, it's, it's
0: in the hundreds, it's, a, it's a like hundred and four. One. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Sal, do you have a uh, favorite pick for the race tomorrow night?
3: You know, I I I've always I've always liked to see, you know, Brad get up there and win. You know, I I don't know, I've been a big Brad fan, you know, for a long time and you know, I'd like to see him. Clint Boyer's been real real helpful with NASCAR, you know, as of late, you know, with uh helping with the announcing of you know, the Xfinity race, you know, and you know, when they did the racing, you know, he was one of them you know, that didn't mind being mic'd and all that. So, I mean, it would be nice to see Clint Boyer, you know, get up there and also, you know, grab a win. Um, this past weekend, he had, he was looking pretty good running up front, you know, then he had his issues and, uh, you know, I
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, forget where he finished at, but, you know, Clint's always been, uh, you know, a, you know fun, a fun driver to watch. It, it would be nice to see Clint, you know, go up there and grab a win.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, and I know uh, Andy will like that you said that because that's one of his favorite drivers. Uh, Brad Kazowski of course, already has the two wins. He'd love to get a third and be the first driver uh, to be able to do that. Uh, and there's several drivers that are really good picks uh, for Martinsville this week, so uh, it'll be fun to watch and see what happens. Are you going to be at a racetrack this weekend, so
3: I might. There's, I don't understand the states. They post it. Don't don't tell nobody. Don't say nothing. You know, don't post on social media. But yet they put on social media that Ernie supposed to be running a, a race this weekend.
0: Oh, okay. So, so you might be at Irwindale. They, yeah. they
3: put it. They put on their Facebook page, but 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 don't post it.
0: <laughs> well, okay.
3: So you'll er- everybody have to let knows about know it.
0: What happens? What series yeah, is so running run there, South?
3: It's just, just a week. Their weekly uh, weird program where they're going to run, you know, late models. Uh, I think uh, they're going to run the, the race trucks and run, run some legends and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's going to be with no fans, no spectators are allowed. Just the race teams and, uh, you know, they're going to adhere to the, you know, the COVID nineteen, you know, protocol. with the,
0: right.
3: you know, park, are parking you going to be lucky other. enough
0: to be so, there and photograph?
3: I'll, I'll probably go. I mean, I don't. I, I might have to work. I don't know where. I'm leaving. I'm leaving tomorrow because my grandson graduates on Wednesday. and they'll flying back on Thursday. And then I got to work Friday. But this job that we have on Friday, they might want to do it Friday and Saturday instead of Friday and Monday. So I'm going to see if mm. I can talk to them and do it Friday and Monday, so I can make it out to the track because they're going to run it early. They're going to start at four instead of seven Cause they want to get done before it gets dark, so they have to turn the track lights on and you know attract any attention.
0: Now, Sal, for the because there's no fans at the track. Can fans watch this on the streaming service?
3: You know what, I, I think they're going to stream it. I'm, I haven't seen anything yet, but if you go to the Urindale, Urindale Speedway um, Facebook page, they might be putting something up, you know, about them streaming it. I know the SRL okay. race that they're going to run. Well, we were supposed to run last weekend, and then uh, we got we got uh, um, food by another track, so... Um, but they were mm. going to stream that one too on on on, uh, S, on at the SRL Southwest Tour. They have a link where they're going to stream the races, but yeah, okay, on their website. Cool. So, um, so so I'm pretty sure they're going to. That I think Orindell said they are. I'm not too sure, but um, I mean, uh, you could check the uh, Facebook page. You know, and then um, you know that's where it says you know that we're going to run a race, but don't tell nobody. <laughs> But, yeah,
0: okay. you know, don't
3: post on social media, but, but but, but we're going to post on social media. I hear you. So figure,
0: figure um, that one out. Well, Sal, it was good to have you back on our Monday night show. I know we'll be back next Monday night. That's June the 15th when we'll be reviewing uh, the races that took place at Miami Speedway uh, this weekend, and that includes – uh, the Arca East that's going to be racing at Toledo this weekend. So uh, a big race for the Arca Menard Series. Uh, the Arca East uh, is back on track at Toledo this weekend, and uh, we'll be talking about that on Monday night show. So definitely looking forward to that. Sal, thank you so much for everything you do. We appreciate you.
3: All right. Well, everybody have a good. Uh, stay safe out there. I, I don't know if you're if you're if your state's open or not. If it's not, don't forget to wear your face mask, your uh your um hand sanitizer and all that stuff. I, I guess. You know, maybe yeah, the state we want state, you stay safe and hopefully nobody healthy. catches Yeah, hopefully nobody catches the COVID the COVID nineteen and uh I guess we'll see y'all next weekend. Or next next Monday. know, oh, I said next weekend, next Monday.
0: Oh okay Sal, thanks again and uh have a good race weekend. Okay. I hope you enjoy right. the show night. tomorrow night or Wednesday night. The race.
3: Oh, I'll be at my grandson's graduation in Seattle.
0: Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay, so. well, we'll we'll talk to you on the other side. All right. Take care, okay. sir All
3: right, good night, everyone. Okay, goodbye.
0: All right, we are at the top of the hour, and that means it is now time for our NASCAR hot topics sound off. And I've got uh, three guys here chomping at the bit to get started. So let's start uh, with our co host, Andy Lasky. Welcome to the show, Andy.
5: Hey, Sharon. Uh, How's everyone doing tonight?
0: Doing very well. And I know we've also got uh, Jay Huseman online. Welcome to the show, Jay.
6: Thank you, Sharon, Andy, and I uh, believe Mike's up next. I know he already said he's got us a hot topic, so can't wait. I've
0: heard. I've heard. <laughs> I've heard. Uh, I think I know what it is, but we'll find out soon enough, and uh, get ready for a big hey-ho from Mike Orzel. hey <laughs> I knew it was coming. Okay. So uh, welcome to the show guys, Uh, I know we've got a lot to talk about and only 30 minutes to get it all in Uh, So Andy, I'll let you decide who's going to go first tonight since you're the co-host
5: I think Mike ought to go first, I think he's got something up his sleeve he'd like to talk about
0: Yeah, talk about chomping at the bit, I think he has been Uh, Let's go Mike (laughs) Well, yeah, I kind of spoiled
1: it a little bit because I already submitted the companion article to this. Um, There's kind of been a kind of a growing rumble about it, and I think this past weekend's race at Atlanta really drove it home. And that's about shortening a lot of these cup races. Um, there are stretches in the Atlanta race that were just painful to watch. That race was overly long, and there were a lot of stretches, especially in stage three, where there really wasn't a whole lot going on beyond drivers just turning laps and burning time until the end of the race. And by virtue of there not being any cautions in stage three, that burning time led to a long procession of drivers separated by two to three car lengths, and not a whole lot of racing for position on the track. If you look at Jeff Gluck's, was it a good race poll number for Atlanta? The poll's still open right now. There's about 11 hours to go, but I'm looking at it right now. It's sitting at only 36.5% of people voted that, yes, Atlanta was a good race. So it's not just me saying that that race wasn't the most entertaining thing to watch. Um, A big driver of this, I think, is going to be TV time. Uh, A lot of these longer NASCAR races, the Atlanta race for a good example, was about four hours, just a few minutes short of four hours long from green flag to checkered flag. When you factor in pre-race and post-race and not even talking about race sub before then, you're looking at about a four and a half hour long broadcast. Look at the Coca-Cola 600, another very long race. And when you throw in a rain delay, that was almost an eight hour footprint on television from there. And it's really difficult to keep fans attention span, especially when the on-track product is a little bit lacking, like it was at Atlanta and the Coca-Cola 600. Um, a big thing, you know, NASCAR used to set the race length based on a given mileage that they wanted to run, traditionally four or 500 miles. And they would let the time of the race kind of become what it was to complete that scheduled distance. A lot of that has changed. You know, it used to be a bit of an endurance racing element with NASCAR where you had that long mileage to really test the equipment, test the teams, test the crews, and see what would last. But over about the past 20 years or so, the teams have become so good at making cars that are by and large reliable that the endurance racing element has really fallen off. We still see mechanical failures from time to time, but they're not common enough to really have a major impact on the race. Occasionally they do, but very rarely. Um, It's not unprecedented to shorten races. A few years ago, Dover lost 100 miles. Pocono and uh, the Spring Darlington race also lost 100 miles to their races. Um, And I don't think there's too many fans who really missed those last 100 miles that were chopped off of there. Um, The Xfinity and Trucks have been consistently a better on-track product uh, there are obvious differences between the cars in the different series, but I'm not sure that the shorter race lengths in those series doesn't have something to do with it as well, because if there's a given amount of on-track action of what's going to go on, passes, crashes, pit stops, et cetera, compressing that down into a shorter window of opportunity may give for a better product for that shorter period of time another big consideration NASCAR has done a phenomenal job with safety over the past 20 years or so they've made the track safer via safer barriers changing the potential impact angles of inside walls and um, paving over areas that were formerly grass are now concrete, um, and they've also made the cars a lot safer as well, but they really haven't done a whole lot for the health and safety of the drivers. After the Atlanta race, we saw a lot of drivers who were visibly exhausted. Bubba Wallace fainted twice, including once during an interview, and Casey Kane's career came to an abrupt halt after the uh, Southern 500 in 2018 when he had a heat injury that made – uh, a pre-existing health condition worse to the point where he couldn't continue in the Cup Series anymore. And another thing to think about here is the cost savings. One set of Goodyear tires cost about $2,500. One 12-gallon can of Sunoco E15 racing fuel costs about $72, given a, you know, a notional about $6-gallon a gallon price point from there. So if NASCAR wants to cut costs, a really quick way to do it would be to cut the race length, which will cut the demand for some of those consumable items. And I think we won't really lose a whole lot in terms of on-track product. And, Jay, I'm sorry, a battle for 20th place is not that exciting if both drivers don't have a chance of finishing much higher than 20th to begin with. So that's kind of where I'm at with regard to uh, to shortening these races.
0: Okay. So now that everybody can give their non influenced perspective, uh, <laughs> Jay, you want to go next? All right, well,
6: I, I'm kind of torn here. I mean, Mike does bring up some good points. Um, the cars, you know, it used to be, like he said, a matter of endurance of the equipment, uh, not just the driver but of the equipment, and we don't see that as prevalent as we used to. But at a track like Atlanta especially, the tire wear comes into play, so that is a factor. We saw that with uh, Clint Boyer, uh, obviously. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Andy, but it's got to be brought up in this case. So that that still becomes a factor. So Dover is one, and Pocono, that I did like the cut of that one, uh, the, the 100 miles or however many laps they took off of those. I'm not sure I agree with, with Atlanta being that that track the way it is, um, if they don't repave it, that that one doesn't still provide that. And I, I, this is where I disagree with Mike. I find battles throughout the field – Interesting. No matter what, no matter who it is, uh, I just I don't I don't like the fact that if it's not your driver or a top team, then it's not interesting. Or because it's for twentieth place, how does that twentieth place affect the standings and, and everything that NASCAR is about? It's not about five ten teams. It is about a full field. Uh, so I, I do disagree with some of that, but there are some interesting points that that, that to consider with that. But I think they got to be really careful, and I know Sharon and I have talked about this as far as that is what still separates it from the Xfinity series and the truck series. This is the top level, so the endurance of the driver does come into play. Uh, I know with the newer cars, again, the the air getting into those cars is a lot tougher than I've seen. That's why Atlanta doesn't normally run this late in the year. Again, this being an odd year, got that got, that got moved, and it did become a factor, but we've seen it at other tracks as well. So I think those are some things that do need to be addressed. Obviously, again, this year, the Atlanta race being this time of year was a rarity for that reason. So they've always been a spring race or a fall race. Um, It's a a slippery slope because, like I said, and I understand, too, you bring into the, what do we want to call it, millennial generation of quickness or, you know, attention span. But uh, you got to be careful about just giving in to that.
0: Okay, Andy, let's hear your thoughts.
5: I think that, um, you know, honestly, I think Mike's on to something here. Um, I, I think that when you compare the top three national series, the Cup Series races should absolutely be longer than the other two, but that doesn't necessarily mean they have to be 500 miles. Um, you know, I this is something that we had actually talked about. I think Mike brought it up in our own messaging earlier today was that you know some of the crown jewel races like a Daytona 500, a Coke 600, those should remain unchanged. I think the bigger races should still be your longer races like they always have been, but um, the idea of a shorter race not only keeps things more interesting, but there's more of a sense of urgency, which means the guys on the track are, are going to race harder, which could lead to more action, more potential incidents there's more of a sense of urgency because of the fact that the race is shorter um you know a shorter race keeps people interested maybe the field doesn't get as strung out as bad as we've seen um you know so so yeah i I think that it's probably time for shorter races we've seen them experiment with this already some of the uh, additional races if you will that they've done since we've come back from the pandemic have been shorter and they've provided some, some decent racing overall. So, um, I think that there is a trend that the shorter races have provided a better on-track product. So, um, like I said, I don't necessarily want to see every race be only two to 300 miles, but I, I think that, um, moving forward, it would be nice to see some of these longer races shortened for sure.
0: All right. Um, I, I am not a proponent of shortening the races. If, if we're going to shorten them, shorten them maybe 100 or 50 miles, uh, don't shorten them uh, a lot because you are diluting the product by doing that. There is racing going on throughout the field. I know that you talked about single-file racing, but there's still racing going on. Jimmy Johnson missed being in the first 12 draw this week, uh, by by the slimmest of margins. So uh, when people tell me that racing is just watching cars running in a circle on the track, I always tell them it's a lot more than that. There's a lot of strategy that's being played out, uh, especially Atlanta. There is the tire wear issue uh, that teams have to manage that. It's not just about the driver on the track. It's about the teams and how the teams perform in the pits it's about how the crew chief performs and the engineers it's it's about so much more when you look at the overall package and and that's what i think separates again the premier series the 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 top of the the top of the top <laughs> drivers in the cup series if you shorten them to 200 to 300 uh miles it's going to be an, it's going to be an Xfinity Series race with overrated drivers. I mean, with drivers that, not overrated, that's not what I mean. I mean, over-talented over drivers running a shorter race. And I, I just don't think that's the right way to go. Um, maybe select races. You could shorten, but I don't think Atlanta is one of those races you want to do that with. And I like the point that Jay brought up, that Atlanta typically is run earlier in the year for exactly the reason of the heat. Uh, But here's the thing. (laughs) We race Sonoma in the heat. We race a lot of – Chicagoland has big humidity and heat in the summer, and – it, part of it is how do you prep yourself for these races? How do you handle the humidity and, and the heat? And how do you? What do you do before the races? We've had a lot of drivers come on and tell us uh, what they do before a race to condition themselves for those types of conditions. Um, so that's what the top premier level of NASCAR should be. Um, it's not just going around in circles. It's before the race it's during the race, it's the team effort, it's the strategy. It's all of those things put together. And uh, I, I do agree with Jay, too, that we saw a lot of really great racing throughout the field, not just at the beginning. And I love it when the announcers do go through the field and put some attention on some of these other races that are going on throughout the field. Um, so I'm not a proponent of that, and if if NASCAR chooses to do that, I hope they do it very sparingly because otherwise, uh, you might as well just call it Xfinity Series Number Two uh, and Xfinity Series Number One because that's what it's going to boil down to, and I am not a proponent of that. I think it takes away from the talent of the absolute best drivers in NASCAR. So with that. <laughs> Follow up, Mike.
1: Yeah, you bring up a really good point about the comparison with the Xfinity series and the and the Truck series as well. Um, obviously, the tradition has been the trucks are the shorter races followed by Xfinity followed by Cup. So yeah, you're right. If we if we cut a, truck, a Cup series race down to 300 miles, that doesn't leave a lot of headroom for a Truck series race. Yeah, you know, we do a 300 mile Cup race. So it's not realistic to run the trucks for 100 miles, but. At the same time, NASCAR has also seen and, ad- and tried to address that kind of mid-race, everyone driving around at 80% burning off laps thing with the stage racing. And I think that produced a little bit of the desired effect, but especially at the longer races like Atlanta or the two Texas races, which are also frequently overly long 500-mile races, uh, I think there's still more that can be done to compress a little bit of the on-track product, shorten down that time on television. Um, I know Jay kind of poo-pooed, oh, you know, if you don't have the attention span for watching NASCAR, don't watch it. But NASCAR <laughs> is a business, and it's, it's, it's been no secret that – Attendance is down. I know you don't watch racing to see people in the stands, but that's what pays the bills. So if attendance is down and TV ratings are down, which they have been over the previous few years, there's obviously a quantifiable problem that NASCAR needs to address in order to to ensure the future security of the business.
0: Jay, follow-up.
6: Well, going going with that aspect, I think part of their problem isn't necessarily the on-track. It's the cost of it, especially when you're talking about taking a family. You know, and that's why they've come with yeah. the package deals for kids getting in free, making it a, a day long experience. Again, that, that's something that, depending on the person, I'm not saying everybody thinks alike, but there's a lot to be said for the souvenir trailers and other things, activities that go along with the pre race at the track. And that is, uh, again, a tough line. Obviously, the TV package brings a lot of money but it is also about the fans that are coming to the event and and what it is to them. Are you going to spend that kind of money to come for only two hours or a quick hundred laps versus the four hour event of racing? Um, You know, so there's a lot of things that tie in with it. The one thing I, I will agree with Mike on is, is the getting of the spread out. And I really think, and I've said this before, NASCAR needs to work on the package on the front end of the car where that lead car doesn't have that great advantage of uh, aero, the, the aerodynamics. And, and I think that's where the focus really needs to be, and that's why I've said repeatedly, I wish I had the answer for it, and I don't, but we've seen it in the past. You know, Chase Elliott started that race out. He was out front, looked strong, got a little bit further back in the pack, didn't look so good no more. And I'm not saying that the drivers up front aren't good, but... You can take a mediocre car, you get it out front, and it looks a lot better than it was. So I think they're they're in the right direction in working on the package of the car, um, you know and I go back to the the old school days and it, that's where I think the trucks come into play as far as one of the best on track. The hole they punch you know creates that 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 front truck actually has to work harder than somebody in the back, so you have that closer competition. I think maybe we need to kind of get back to that Um, instead of the more aerodynamic and slick these cars, put them with the brick in the front end, you know, the square front end, um, and we might see some better on track.
0: Okay, Andy.
5: Yeah, I don't really have any follow-up per se. Um, You know, everyone makes a lot of really good points here. Um, I guess one thing I can say to what you said, Sharon, was, you know, you know, we definitely don't want to make it like another Xfinity series, so as long as the races, to me, as long as the races are by and large longer, you know, by 100 miles or so longer than an Xfinity or truck race, I'd be okay with it, but you know, if that means that we're running two and 250 mile Xfinity and truck races, and three to 350 mile cup races, I still think that, you know, separates the cup series from the other two series, so I'd be okay with that. Um, You know, I just think that there is room to possibly shorten some of these races while, um, you know, keeping some of our bigger events longer. And I think that it is important to have, you know, your 500-mile races, but I'm not sure that we need 30 of them. Maybe, you know, 10 to 15 of them throughout the course of the season would be more appropriate.
0: Okay. Um, I remember NASCAR had a uh, slogan at one point that was NASCAR is not an event. It's a lifestyle and that's what fans love about NASCAR. People plan their vacations <laughs> around being at the track and experiencing NASCAR as, as a weekend experience. Um and and I think if they like Jay said if they're not going to spend the kind of money that they spend if if they don't get that weekend experience and the the build up is over the weekend building up to the cup series event. Uh so and again, you know, bringing the family and NASCAR has been trying to do some things to to make sure that families can get to these events and and I think all of that's great, but uh I think I've said everything I need to say. I just I think it needs to be done sparingly and I just think that um they need to maybe look at the package like Jay said and uh, and maybe try to, try to make sure that the lead car does not get the uh, advantage. I know in the Cup Series, Martin Truex Jr. led the first two laps, but he didn't have the car to win when it came, I mean, first two laps, first two stages, but didn't have the car to win when it came down to the third stage. And same thing happened in the Xfinity Series, but, um, because we, uh, with, uh, Sendrick. I know with Cindric he had some, uh, pit road issues and that's part of what happened to him. Um, but he, the thing is, is that Martin Truex didn't have the car in the end. So the whole idea is, can you manage that whole package to go the distance? And I, I just think taking that away from that cup series is a mistake, To do it on a wholesale basis Um, we'll have to see how NASCAR views it and kind of go with that but uh, that's I think we spent a good 20 minutes here talking about it so uh, I think we've said just about everything we can say there okay so somebody else had a hot topic who is that was that you or Jay Andy
6: I think Jay would be up next Oh okay All right. Well, you know, you know, I always got a couple up my sleeve. Uh, I have to say this week, I I didn't have any real real big ones, but I'll start with uh, Matt Kenseth. Uh, I know he's publicly said that he's not adapting as quick as he had hoped um, following the six races. His first two out, I'd say, had some great results. Uh, Top 10 are just outside. Not so much in the last four. Um, So we haven't seen uh, that, Return that we had kind of hope for with Matt Kenseth, especially with that team With where it was at uh, What do we see going forward uh, I know we're going to come to again Start maybe hitting tracks a second Time, um, some of the tracks obviously Lend itself to the more experienced Driver that has Experience at that style of track And, and knowledge to bring to that um, And I, As far as myself, I, I did have higher Hopes, especially after those first two races Haven't seen that out of them, but Again, I understand he's with a different team, a different manufacturer, uh, a lot of things. he had been out of the car for two years. So was it, was it just one of those hit it right to begin with and look good versus can he just sustain that now and actually improve because he didn't really even sustain?
0: Okay, Andy?
6: Well, I,
5: I wouldn't be too concerned as of yet, but Jay pretty much hit the nail on the head here you know not only is he trying to get used to a new aero package but he's with a new team a new crew chief a new manufacturer new everything so this is a completely different scenario for him than than he's been in the past and i think that it's it's just going to take some time i i'm not sure it was realistic to expect that he could just jump in the car and win races you know so i think that With some time, I think he will improve. And when he does return to a track for a second time, I think that he'll be better. So, you know, we're talking about a former cup champion, somebody that's still in great shape physically, somebody uh, that can still get the job done, you know, but I just think it's going to take some time. But I think that throughout the course of the rest of the year, you'll see some improvement. And, you know, I think that Matt still has a chance to to possibly contend for maybe a, a race win or two as the season goes down the line.
0: Okay, Mike.
1: Well, yeah, uh, you know, Matt Kenseth came out of the gate with a top 10 finish at the first Darlington race and you know, unless you want to buy into the conspiracy theory that they gave him a hot car just to make him look good for the first race, it shows that Matt Kenseth still has it. Uh, a lot of the performance issues uh, that Matt has had can't necessarily be 100% put on him. He's had tire failures, he's had wrecks uh, that he got caught up in that he wasn't really a from being in the wrong place at the wrong time. It wasn't really his fault. So it's difficult to say that Matt Kenseth is the reason the 42 cars running where they're running. And I think Andy brings up a really good point of Matt's been out of the car for quite some time. We saw Jeff Gordon get into the 88 car and he'd only been out of a car for about six months. And he was going into the, with the same team, the same organization that he had just retired from. And Jeff Gordon didn't look a whole lot like Jeff Gordon. So, Matt, you know, getting a top 10 in his first race back was outstanding, but I think it's a little unfair to expect Matt Kenseth to be on pace at a race-winning threat every single week, having been out of the car that long.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I think, you know, I was kind of surprised to hear him say that, because uh, I, I don't know what his expectations were, but... I think it takes time to make that adjustment, and it's not just him making the adjustment. It's the team making the adjustment to him as well. Uh, They've been working with Kyle Larson, uh, and now they're working with Matt Kenseth. Those are two entirely different personalities who are probably looking for different things from the race car. So there's a lot of adjustment going on throughout the team overall, and uh, that's going to take time. And, And Mike brings up a good point. There's a lot of things that don't all rest with Matt Kenseth. It's it's things that the race team uh, maybe had some responsibility in one way or another, whether it be a spotter or, you know, the tire guy or whoever. Um, there's a lot of things that are going on there and a lot of adjusting that needs to happen. So I'm not too worried. I th- I'm pretty sure that Matt Kenseth and and that 42 team they're going to be able to work it out, and uh, and that we'll see the old Matt Kenseth. Keep in mind too that Matt Kenseth is a very methodical kind of racer. He he's 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 uh, very intuitive in a lot of ways, but he also is very methodical in in what he's looking for from the race car and how he races the race. So. Uh, that takes time as well, so I I I really think Matt's going to come around in the end. So, uh, do we want to go another round here, Jay? Did you have any follow-up there?
6: Well, and, and I don't I don't like to see himself as hard as he is he was on himself. Uh, we've seen that with drivers like Chase Elliott, but I do have a little bit of concern in the fact that of good where he did come out in the first two races, um, finishing again right around the top ten. Uh, that that has kind of slacked off for whatever the reason I'm not necessarily putting it all on Matt Kenseth but just as a team of where that team can go we know they have to work uh twice as hard if you will because they got to get into the top 30 in points and win a race unless he gets in the top 16 which you know with the top 10 fif or top 15 to 20th results isn't going to cut it so you're looking at needing that win while only having to make the top 30 so uh, I, I do have a little bit of concern there. I just haven't seen them as strong as they were when they first came out.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy? We're down to the last three minutes.
5: Uh, no no follow-up on this one.
0: Mike, any follow-up on your end?
1: No, I think I've said my piece on this.
0: Okay. Uh well that sounds uh good. I think I think we pretty well covered it. Uh did we cover it from your perspective, Jay?
6: Yeah, most certainly.
0: Okay, good. All right then. Uh since we are down to the last couple of minutes here, why don't we go ahead and do our round table? Um and uh make sure everybody uh has a chance to uh cover that. Mike, we'll start with you on that.
1: Uh, Mike Orzo on Facebook, Mike underscore Orzo on Twitter. Um, i got more to say on the shorter races thing. It's about 1,000 words or so. So look for that on the Fan for Racing blog uh, website, hopefully published soon, in addition to a few other articles regarding the 48 cars, as well as some tracks that might be coming back to NASCAR.
0: Okay. Uh Andy.
5: And for me on Twitter, it's uh, alefky14, and I just put a piece out tonight. Share and should be in your mailbox regarding uh, the return mm-hmm. of NASCAR to Nashville for 2021.
6: That'll be out soon.
0: Okay, and Jay.
6: All right, you follow me on Facebook, uh, Michael Hoosman, Mopar MJ8 on Twitter and Instagram, and to look forward to We've got a Wednesday night action at Martinsville this week.
0: Yes, uh, very excited about that. Uh, that 's coming up on Wednesday night. I am a fan for Racing site on Twitter, fan for Racing blog and radio elsewhere, and uh, we are uh, we did the preview for martinsville tonight we 'll be back on Thursday night to do the preview for uh, review of Martinsville and preview of homestead Miami. So look for j and I at eight thirty p m Eastern on Thursday night here on fan for Racing Radio. and with that, A big thank you to our listeners, and uh, I think we'll call it a wrap at that. Have a good night. See you. Good night. Okay. Good night, guys.